0: <clears throat> Hello everyone, Mike Stokes, Wild Alive Education here. Today I'd like to talk about sheltering in place and how to find the positive, good parts of the crisis that we find ourselves in. Um, and my last Episode I spoke of, you know, how to stay, uh, how to thrive, how to how to stay uh, in a good mindset, um, and though those lessons are still valid now, it's important to do your best to step out of the sheeple mentality, the the mainstream. Emotional narrative. Mainstream narratives are always emotional. They're very rarely rational. Um, you know, we, we do need to worry about our elderly and our, our vulnerable population. Um, but the statistics show that coronavirus is not worse than uh, any of the other threats that we face uh, in our day to day lives. Um, they are for some of us, but not for others. So that's that's still an important thing. You know, and again, you still want to be a good person, and do your best for your your fellow uh, human, but also not get caught up in the emotional narrative that this is somehow uh, only bad. So I'd like to talk about a couple of the upsides. Um, You know, typically our society is um, so outwardly focused and so focused on material gain that we can't see the obvious good things in front of us. So a simple example that many of you have probably heard about is the reduced deaths due to uh, air pollution because of the slowed economic activity. Um, And then the obvious uh, slowed impact, slowing impact of the um, climate crisis, the climate human induced climate destabilization crisis. The slow burn crisis that is uh, much more of a a greater existential threat to our lives in the long term than uh, the novel coronavirus is um, to us. It's almost like we have to go a little bit against our animal nature, which is to react uh, to the crisis in front of us. You know, that's how we evolved. We evolved to survive in the face of immediate threats. Tigers and lions and gorillas and mammoths and uh, hippos and all kinds of dangerous beasts uh, that uh, were around us during our early years as humans. Uh, And it was a very successful strategy. But as we became more... Uh, dominant over all the species on earth, then uh, those strategies are helpful and they're actually super important. Like it's important to honor your emotional wisdom. Um, It's just sometimes misplaced, especially when we have some early traumas in our life that we replay over and over again. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example for that. I could just say that for myself, my fear of being um, ostracized by the group, uh, many of us have that same fear. You know, the the old saying goes that the second greatest fear uh, is death, and the number one fear is public speaking. And that's because public speaking is a potential social death. So our emotional bodies tell us that social death is. Um, worse than physical death, because in many cases, when we were growing up in social bands, if we were um, kicked out of the social group, be that our pre-human ancestors or be that our uh, small bands of humans that uh, came before us, if you were kicked out of the group, then you were pretty much dead. Your chances of survival were, you know, very, very low. So the interesting thing that's happening now is we're all, you know, the social distancing uh, is making the group, the bigger social group, a little less prevalent of a, um, of a, a, a motivating factor in our lives. So, So it's actually a a wonderful opportunity to take some extra time to go inside and to really delve into the depths of your own psyche. Um, I I study a bit of Jungian psychology and uh, uh, dream analysis. Um, And over the years, what I've noticed is... um, you know, Jung would say that, you know, take all the symbols that you learn and then when you're looking at a patient, uh, just throw out all of the symbols that you learn and then deal with the patient in front of you. Um, and when you're trying to sort of make sense of your own dreams, it's it's kind of the same thing. Um, really what matters is, is the emotional importance that you put on the symbols in your own dreams. Um, so I often find when there's big shifts in my own consciousness that they come around a home that I'm living in. Um, and my home sort of changes shape, uh, depending on, uh, where I'm at, uh, emotionally and psychologically. So I remember many years ago I was contemplating being a, a leader of, uh, of a large training organization and, and the rooms of this house were just vast and my own house were vast and expansive and majestic and mansion like, and, um, and interestingly enough, I was struggling with going the direct path that they had in front of me. So I sort of entered through a side back entrance when I came into this house. Um, but my recent dream that just actually happened last night, I was focused, I was seeing, um, this amazing remodel of, uh, of my home. And it was a lot of stone and, and just really beautiful, rustic work. And, um, uh, my partner had a huge, uh, impact on it. And, um, So the reason I tell this, you know, anecdotal story about myself is that the same things are happening for you. Right now, there is an internal shift happening in you um, and you're facing things that you don't normally have to face. Now, um, you know, if you're solitary confinement is, you know, it's used in prisons, but it was also used by shamans and shaman trainers uh, to cause the trainee to crack through their normal consciousness and to find their higher potential, their higher self. So in a way, we're all in a shamanic rite of passage right now where we're forced, forced to go a little bit more internal. Now, here's the, here's the thing that I think is probably just the basic point of this whole this short little talk is if you take the social distancing and the increased isolation and you just numb yourself out with Netflix and YouTube and, you know, mystery novels and romance novels or whatever your particular thing is, um, you're not going to get very much out of this. But if you take this internal time as a time to sort of dig in, um, you know, I, I, I'm a huge proponent of digging in as deep as you can um, like I've said in previous talks, it's very important that if you the, the, the size of the change that you want really equals the size of the support that you need. So it's actually probably better in this time where we can't really spend a lot of time with our um, teachers and mentors and people like that. Um, to go a little bit light on your uh, personal transformation route, on your personal growth route. Um, if you have, you know, if you have online conferencing and you're set up and you're communicating with your support, um, you know, with your teacher, your mentor, then then that's fine. You know, go ahead and do that. Uh, that being said, there there's there's always less um less really powerful connection when you're, you know, doing it virtually. You, you, you know, there is um, a real physical field that happens when we are in close proximity to one another and when we're interacting with one another on a, an emotional level. So, <clears throat> so that being said, uh, the big lemonade that you can make out of these lemons is to go internal and really repurpose your life. You want to take, you know, recycle, repurpose, uh, reinvent, take all of the things, compost all of that old stuff. Take some time to really dig into what's important to you. You know, write it down. Um, We recently are in a a big transition, moving from one location to another, um, getting closer to the land, closer to our dream of of living self-sufficiently and sustainably, um, and uh, having a little bit more insulation from uh, the vicissitudes of the world economy. Um, And so for for us personally, for me and my partner, my daughter, uh, it's... I don't want to bore you with our process. What I, what I want to focus on. So we're going through our process, but whatever, whether that's relevant to you or not, what I want to say is that you are having a spiritual experience whether you're aware of it or not. You're having a transformational psychological experience whether you're aware of it or not. There is a field of consciousness that we all tap into. Um, You know, Jung called it the collective unconscious. Some people call it the field. There's a lot of different things. Um, I don't wanna try to convince anybody of that. If you're interested in being convinced, there are many books that are written about uh, synchronistic uh, events between people um, at the same time. Uh, around the world, um, a great example is when uh, World War II well, peace was declared at the end of World War II. People who had no idea, no newspaper would would just walk out into the streets because they felt something, because the whole world was on a new uh, a new trajectory. So <clears throat> it, it, herein rise the the sort of the the rub of the of the spiritual warrior, the conscious the conscious warrior. You have to see. You, you have to be be aware of the field that you're in. And right now, we're in a higher anxiety field. The field of the entire human species is, is anxious, more anxious than it normally is. And it was already anxious. And there's the levels of uncertainty are spilling over into people's emotions. And those emotions... Not rash, not ideas, not information. Those emotions are what translate into actions and choices. So those emotions are, you know, they're causing people to make um, not very good decisions. So your job at this time is to really go inside, not to make a bunch of huge changes, but to go inside and slow down, you know, make sure you got your basic needs met. But, you know, most of us, at least in um, the westernized countries, Um, I don't say the westernized countries, in the more uh, wealthy countries, um, we have our basic needs met. Uh, Not everyone, but many people do. And so if you are in that camp where you have your basic needs met, um, then start to... Dig into, use this time to dig into what's next for you and not what's next for you. So the first thing you got to do is acknowledge the field of anxiety, see the anxiety that's yours and start, see the anxiety that you adopted and start to let that go and then start to sort of tap in ground, um, you know, ground your feet into the ground, put your feet into the earth, get, get a little bit more grounding around your home. You know, this would be a great time to do spring cleaning. You know, what what spring cleaning does, so a cluttered house is a cluttered mind, is a cluttered emotional body, is a fragmented spirit. So when you can clear out your space, your spirit will become less cluttered and more free. So if you're struggling of what to do in this time of sort of spiritual renewal, uh, in this time of psychological renewal, I, I use those terms interchangeably Um. Because they really are. When, when we say spiritual, we mean psychological. They're they're too intertwined to be separated in uh, in the way we think. Um, some people like to draw a dividing line between psychology and religion, but there's no dividing line, and there's never been a dividing line. And psychology, its deepest roots are in mythology and religion. So uh, you know, it's it's useless to divide them, and it's actually detrimental. The more you can integrate your religious and psychological. Uh, ideas and beliefs, the more you can have a holistic, full, wise perspective on the world. So let go, or practice releasing. You literally put your hand and your body on the ground if you need to. Release the Tension that is flying around in the air and ground into your inner space. Ground into your physical space. Use this time to make your physical space the most powerful space that you can make it. So that's really it. And and inside of that, you know, take some time to record what you find and re... Um, sorry, I got distracted here. I'm trying to do something on the recorder. Um, take some time to reevaluate. Yourself and your life and um, and and use the natural separation to create a healthy boundary from the dysfunctional forces in the macro society. The macro society is dysfunctional. That's why it's killing ecosystems. That's why there's war. That's why there's all these things. Now, some of those things are inherent, you know, to the group dynamic of humans. But you, as an individual, do not have to follow that full group dynamic. You can be an outlier. You can be the shaman on the hill. You can be the enlightened politician. You can be the enlightened CEO. You can be the enlightened uh, clerk. You can be the person who brings his own or her own powerful, stabilizing energy to the world. But you do have to step a little bit outside of the group mind to get there. Group mind is incredibly powerful and incredibly dangerous. So by all means, utilize the group mind for its benefits when you're... Uh, attaching yourself to small groups of enlightened people. That's very important for your support. Um, but don't just take automatically the group mind that's given to you and begin by filtering out more and more the mainstream interpretation of what's happening and not, not embracing things that will just feed the insecure parts of yourself, or just feed your ego, but really allow yourself to be challenged and to be opened and grounded. So those are the keys. If you can allow yourself to be challenged, if you can allow yourself to be opened, but at the same time, keep grounding yourself. Keep literally, if you don't know what that means, just take your shoes off and walk on the ground. Clean up your kitchen. Clean up your living room. Uh, Do your dishes. Uh, Balance your checkbook. Um, take care of the basic necessities, make food in advance, preserve it. All of those things are grounding activities. Eat more fiber. All of that will ground you. So ground and open and go inside. And I wish you all the luck in the world. I wish you a powerful and freeing journey. Um, And remember that, you know, pain-free is not the goal, um, but being Unreactive in the face of pain and wise about the way you deal with it is the goal. Those who seek to be pain-free do turn into monsters. So that's not where you're going. You're trying to go to a place where pain is, is, is a part of the joyful life that we live in. And we do our best to not let it control us. Um, I don't want to leave on the pain note. Um, pain is just a part of the process. The pain is, is it's a small part it doesn't need to be a huge part of your life if you've got tons and tons of pain all the time in your life you are somehow addicted to it and you need to let it go if this trauma this world uh, psychological anxiety ridden state is um, wreaking havoc on you, then you need to reassess your relationship with pain and trauma and try to see them for the teachers that they are. A pain and a trauma only becomes worse when the teacher behind the trauma is not listened to. So listen To the teachers in your life, ground yourself, open yourself up, go deeper, write down some of the stuff that you discover, and then take that into some sort of support structure which you create virtually or after social distancing is over to then help you manifest it in reality. You need support. I'm not saying to go internal and then forget about people. You are a social creature. You just need to learn how to harness the emotional social force and not let it dominate you so that you dominate it and it doesn't dominate you. Uh, Have a wonderful day. I hope this was valuable. Um, And make turn lemons into lemonade and share the wealth. Um, If you found this valuable, please click the notification button and subscribe. Have a wonderful day.